Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Digging for gold in my neighborhood. Gold rush. Where all the old buildings still gold rush. They keep digging it down, down. Gold rush. So that the cars can live underground. Gold rush. Just swinging of a wrecking ball. Gold rush. Through these laughing plaster walls. Gold rush. Just letting all the shadows free. Gold rush. The ones I wish still followed me. Change. Please don't change. What's going on, everybody? Good morning. Happy morning. Discovery Channel show. Oh, yeah. It's a themed episode today on morning. Happy Friday. I never even heard this song before, but it's by Death Cab for Cutie. It's called Gold Rush, and I'm talking about the Klondike today. I'm excited to talk about the Klondike. So, good morning. Hope everyone's having a fantastic Friday. It's supposed to be a half day for Jake and I, so we're excited about that. Hopefully it turns out to be true. We have uh, a nice, easy morning slate, a pretty big meeting that may lead to some cool things for the company, and then we're out of here. I'm going to Connecticut. <clears throat> Jake's going to Connecticut with us, so happy Friday. Let's see who's who we got hanging out with us. Josh, don't forget the intro. Welcome to the morning show. It's bite-sized bits of everything that I enjoy, a little American history, a little American geography, a little American towns, music. Books, baseball. Today we're doing Canadian Town and a little bit of Canadian history. Uh, Kyle, Scott, Norm, Dylan, Abe, Jill, Maldonado in the chat. Detroit Dabber made us sad yesterday by choosing page 46. What's up, everybody? In Periscope, we got Elock. Kyle's back. Todd Father's here. Kyle said he missed the last couple days. Matt got bit, Kyle, and I was really tired. I think that's kind of what you missed. Uh, Rich. Kingham from Boston's and uh, Facebook, along with Frank and Krause and Enrique. Ugh. Tired. I don't have any coffee in the office. Anyway, all right. Today on John Boy Media, we got uh, J- Wake and Jake coming up at like 9.30. When, as soon as I'm done with this, talking baseball. The Whip Around Show, the series recap Jake and I do at 10 o'clock. You can watch that live if you're a patron. John Boy and Jake TV, we watched an episode of the Newlywed Show. It was kind of weird. It was it was like, uh, it was an off show. It was fun. Talking Giants, I think they're still doing daily stuff. I didn't check. Talking Nets, talking sports, got a lot of stuff coming out. As well as the Talking Yankees, talking Yankees pregame show and Talking Baseball pregame show. Those are always, uh, usually Monday through Friday, unless the Yankees have an off day. So yeah, this is Death Cab for Cutie. I don't know this song by them, but it's it's Gold Rush Day. Talking about the Klondike. So that's basically why that song got chosen. In Dawson City, Canada, it's 65 degrees and partly cloudy. And I probably won't do a lot here because we're I wanted the whole book slash Friday's documentary. 
We're going to do it. We're going to talk about Dawson City and the Yukon and the Gold Rush because I watched a documentary on it recently, and I thought it was fascinating. But this is where we are, in case you guys have, in case any of you have no idea where Dawson City is. It's way up there. We're over here, or I'm over here. Can't even really see. Way up there. There's gold in these hills. South of Grand Forks, west of Gold Bottom, on the Yukon River and the Klondike River, it lies. Look how small the little town is. Like a perfect little grid of a town right here. Boom. There's still uh, mining for gold in this town, in, in, in Klondike. Isn't that nuts? It's one of the few uh, gold rush towns that still produces gold, sells people mining gold nonstop. All right, we're going to talk about that so much more. So I'm just skipping ahead to the player, and guess what? The player, it's Klondike Douglas. How about that? Did you guys see that coming? Klondike Douglas. And want to know the most frustrating thing about Klondike Douglas? There's not a single page on the Internet. I, I searched for a good five minutes, two searches. There's not a single page that lets you know why his nickname was Klondike Douglas, which seems like bullshit to me. It just doesn't seem fair that the Sabre Society and all they do at Baseball Reference, for them not to have a background on Klondike Douglas, in my opinion, it's just some straight bullshit. Come on, guys. Why is this guy nicknamed Klondike? He's not from the area. He's not from anywhere near there. He's from, um, no, he's buried in Oregon. Is that the area? No. He's from Boston. I don't think that's what his Wikipedia said. He took over for Nap Lejeune when Nap moved to second base, and he took over at first base. And I don't think they tried him out in the outfield, but he was bad. They go by fielding percentage, though. They're like, he had a bad fielding percentage. Like, well, that doesn't mean shit. Looks like his best season was 1897. Klondike Douglas, real name William Bingham. If anyone has any guesses as to why this guy's nickname was Klondike, you win. Because no one else knows. Because no one else knows. We don't even have that many pictures of him, but there's this story here that there's this baseball card. And his family, it's a pretty cool baseball card. If we're all going to sit here and be honest with each other, it's got the rounded edges. I'm not in the baseball community. I'd have to ask QZ. It's got the rounded edges. Lists him as a catcher, which he wasn't for that long. Look at that collar, vampire collar. His family, um, this baseball card was one of the rarest, most desirable pre-war sets ever made. In fact, you can count the number of 1903 Bryce Williams cards of the Philadelphia Phillies catcher on two hands. It means it's less than 10, uh, but more than five. Otherwise, they would have said five hands. I'm going to guess it's seven. Douglas died in 1953, but his descendants have been understandably interested in his exploits. 
And then they found this card on eBay, and they they bought it, and they were really excited about it. And then another one popped up like the next day. It's like, oh, maybe it wasn't that hard to find. But anyway, there's no, uh, there's nothing on this dude's nickname or anything like that. So let's just see. This isn't his debut. He's. They don't have any records. The first record game log that he appeared in is 1901. Damn, we're going way back. The Philadelphia Phillies versus the Brooklyn Superbaz. A little nickname check, 1901. We have Klondike. We know that. Oh, there's going to be so many. Roy, Jimmy, Ed, Elmer, Klondike, Harry, Joe, Monty, Happy. Okay. That seems kind of easy to figure out. Either he was a very happy person or he wasn't. Lefty. Guessing he was the lefty. Willie, Jimmy, Joe, Tom, Tom, Bill, Deacon. You think Deacon was a nickname? He was a religious fella? Or you think no? And the pitchers were Happy and Gene. So how did Happy get his nickname? It's a nickname check. Full name, John Townsend. They don't have any bio on him either. They got bios and lots of people running into, okay, Deacon, full name, James Thomas McGuire. Hell of a pick for Deacon here. I don't know if you guys could could see it. Whoa, not that picture. That picture sucks. He was known as Deacon Jim based on his gentlemanly, fair play approach to the game. Was the most durable catcher of his era. Okay. Um, Douglas was named Klondike as he intended to go to the Klondike area. That's what someone put in the Facebook chat. But what is... Oh, you they meant to send me baseballreference.com, but they sent me just reference.com, which is a website I've never been on. I'm going to copy and paste the sentence you said into Google. Nothing comes up. Chad Anderson, I'll trust you. It makes sense, but it doesn't make sense if he intended to go Maybe he was just always talking about going. Like when I finish baseball, I'm going to the Klondike. When I finish, I'm going to the Klondike. He just kept saying it over and over and over again. So they're like, let's just call this dude Klondike. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. Um, all right, I'm speeding through everything because there's nothing on this dude. I obviously just chose him not at random, but because his name was Klondike and we're doing a Klondike show. And then I chose Dawson City because that's the Klondike, the Gold Rush. So let's just skip ahead. We're going straight ahead. We're flying through. To it's usually the book of the day. We're doing docu. I've been doing documentaries on Friday, and for people that don't like history, I mean, tune out. But for people that do, this is this is uh, like uh, crack for me. So watching the documentary, what's it called? Just call it's a PBS. I found out you can get, like, all the PBS documentaries for free, so I've just been crushing them, just crushing PBS documentaries at night, and this was my favorite one that I stumbled upon. The Klondike Gold Rush. I know that their Gold Rush existed. I didn't know much about it. I didn't know the staggering numbers. I didn't know that 100,000 people left for Klondike, and it was the most known name of a place ever, but no one. there wasn't even a town yet. I didn't know that of the 100,000 people that left to go to the Klondike Gold Rush, only 30,000 
arrived. And yeah, I've read Call to the Wild, and I watched. What was that? The dude from Game of Thrones was in a a Klondike History Channel special, like narrative, where there's like an avalanche and stuff. It was just called Klondike. It was a miniseries, and uh, the 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 actor from uh, from Game of Thrones was in it. It was good. It was all right. I liked it. So like I knew surface level stuff, but I didn't know exactly how crazy it was that it only lasted like three years. And in three years, Dawson City went from nowhere to a booming town of 20,000 people with mayors and and police and everything in three years. A quick three years ago, I started this company three years ago. Sounds like two seconds ago. But yeah, so it's uh, it's wild. I have the clip that shows... Let me see if I can pull this up. Because it wasn't working for me. I have the clip that shows the journey, and it honestly is like a video game. I don't know if they've made a Klondike video game. Alright. So for those that are just listening, you don't have the map. ...are operating weekly, heading north from all major ports along the Pacific coast. The journey takes ships two full weeks before arriving at Skagway and Dye, Alaska. Okay, so they it's a ship that takes two weeks to go on ship and you arrive at Skagway, Alaska. That's journey one in the video game, just like being on a ship with people and hanging out and probably like being in a terrible conditions. Then the video game journey like kicks in other eyes than those of miners excited by the real commencement of their journey. I don't know if I'm going to have to skip. In 1897, when the first rush of stampeders first arrived, there was only a handful of people there and just a few wooden buildings. Suddenly these ships started arriving, filled with badly dressed, hungry men. Temperatures can go right down to minus 60. Starvation. Canada's Northwest Mounted Police okay. enforce a new law. Yeah, this is crazy. Every traveler must register their supplies. Those who attempt traveling light are denied access. <laughs> so in order to get into the Yukon, you had to have 600 pounds of material. And, I mean, that's a lot of material. And they got to climb over a mountain with 600 pounds of material. Otherwise, they're not let in. This still kind of blows my mind. I don't really get it. Once you see the journey that they have to take this 600 pounds of material on, and it adds up why 100,000 people tried to go and only 30,000 made it. But the next part of the journey we should get to soon is there's two paths you can take over the mountain. There's one here. They're going to show it right now because you got to get to the lake. So you can take the Skagway path. It's 43 miles, and it's like straight up. But it's a little easier, but longer. The other path is 32 miles, so it's shorter, but the conditions are way worse. It was called the poor man's path because you could do it by your own and not pay anyone to take your luggage, which is 600 pounds. But the problem was you couldn't take all 600 pounds at once. Here's this guy talking about it. If you tried... Um, you could carry your ton of supplies from Dai to a point where you could float them down uh, the Yukon River system to Dawson City. 
Yeah, so if you took the poor man's path, you would have to – there's a crazy, crazy shot of the of the climb over the mountain. You would have to do it multiple times. You'd have to go over with like 100 pounds and then come back and do it like six times carrying 100 pounds each way, which is insane. I mean, that's a pretty hard level of the video game. If you don't have enough money, you got to do that path. If you have money, then I, th- I forget the other path. It was longer but a little easier, and you could – Take all your supplies at once. But for some reason, it costs more. I forget. You guys are going to have to watch documentary for all the facts. Um, there's a scene in the Klondike miniseries where this happens, where there's an avalanche, which really happened. There's an avalanche on the other. Yeah, okay. They killed horses. Okay, okay, skip. We don't want to look at all the dead horses. A lot of dead horses. Um, there's an avalanche on one of these paths that killed a lot of a lot of people. All right. Check this shit out. Once you got there, this puts one into a. Once you got there, then you had to build a boat, <laughs> which is so video game like. Once they've reached the summit, for many of them, there's just this fantastic sense of achievement. They have actually passed that first hurdle, but there's still a long way from the gold fields. The Chilkoot and White Pass trails meet at Lake Bennett. This is the beginning of a 500-mile voyage down the Yukon River to Dawson City and the gold fields. But first, the Stampeders must build their own boats. This means sawing down trees, making planks to build usually incredibly primitive-looking dinghies. It's a wonder more of them didn't sink. After the boat is built, the seams are cocked with oakum and pitched. Yeah, Jill in the YouTube chat said it's like Jumanji, and it is. Or like, you know, I, when I was a little, little kid, I played the Lion King video game on, like, Sega Genesis or whatever, and every level was different. You had the stampede, you had the climb with the monkeys and all that stuff. It's crazy. So a lot of guys, th- these guys didn't have skills, mind you. Like, they're up and leaving on a whim to go cash in and find gold, you know, if you're a master craftsman, you're probably just staying as a master craftsman and hanging out. Once they build their boat, then they have to go down the river, which crazy rapids. For anybody just to come out alive. October 9th, Whitehorse Rapids. No fewer than 40 drownings are to be credited to this bit of water since the river first opened. The trail around the rapids is lined with trees blazed and inscribed with the heroic deeds of those gone before. Tapanadney. Many of them were swamped, and even if the men survived, they lost all their provisions. They lost everything they'd brought up the Chilkoot Pass with them. So I don't understand where the 600-pound check-in is, because if you got to this, you built the boat, and then you lost all your stuff on the Yukon River, and then you don't get let in because you don't have 600 pounds of stuff, did that just mean there was someone waiting there selling supplies? Oh, you need 400 pounds worth of shit. Here you go. And then you buy it because that guy probably got super rich. Or was the 600-pound check-in before the boat ride, and that's what got them on the boat? No idea. No idea how it worked. But once they got to... uh, Once they got down on the boat ride and they arrived at Dawson City, they were there, basically... And uh, then they had to get gold, which seems like the end, like, you know, the end of the road is getting there. But no, then they had to 
like do a terrible job of being a gold miner and all that. And the town was tiny. I won't play much more. I feel like, but there's some images of them here. We'll listen once more. Mining was back-breaking labor. Because the ground was frozen, it was all permafrost, they had to burn their way into the ground, down to the pastry, 20, 30, or 40 feet, one foot at a time, shoveling out these holes. When you look down Bonanza Creek in the, in the winter and you saw these smoking holes, it looked like hell, but it was freezing. It was always sort of a question of which was the worst guy to be. The guy at the top hauling the bucket up in the bleakest of winds and uh, bitterly cold, or the guy at the bottom of the shaft who was sheltered from the wind, but uh, at any moment the shaft might just collapse on him and he'd suffocate. Your old famous, what would you rather question? Be up top in the freezing cold or down below? I think I'd be cold up top than working below. I don't know. But that's basically the journey. I mean, I kind of just sped through it. You can watch this documentary if you want. Like, I'm more interested in it. But insane journey. And then at the end of this, they drop some numbers. This lady does. I'm not sure her name, but I liked her. She was my favorite historian that was part of it. They drop some numbers. And uh, it's like, uh, these are these are going to be not 100% correct, but they'll be around the correct version enough that 100,000 people went. 30,000 people made it. I think they said 200 people found significant gold and only like less than five people turned that gold into generational wealth, which is insane. And like I said, in three years, the town boomed to 20,000 people and it was his peak, you know, and, you know, it was a, it had all the functionalities of an operating civilization of the time. And all the miners then bounced because they were like, we came here to get away from civilization and that bullshit. And now you're bringing it to us. So they left for the next rush. And then Dawson City just kind of was a functioning city. And then these shots are that people are still uh, getting gold. There's modern. This is modern uh, gold mining process, which was cool in, in and of itself, just like how they get it now. And then uh, this dude owns a bunch of claims. This dude is a middleman, and he turns the gold into gold bars for the people. Here's, a, here's what it looks like at the end of it. He molded the, the gold together, and then he sells this, and that's like modern gold mining and then a sad note they go to the cemetery of the avalanche and this lady finds her uncle who, who died there that's where the avalanche was where all the dead people were so we kind of stormed through that the gold rush was insane it was crazy I mean all gold rushes are nuts but I didn't realize how crazy the journey was, how quick it was, how many people went, and then how quick it ended. It's nuts. Does liquid gold really make gold glow in the water? No idea. Hey, Jimmy, you should check out the show Deadwood. I've watched Deadwood like three or three times. Tell Jimmy to watch Deadwood. Bunch of jokesters. Like that. No, you don't. Yeah.
Team Nick figured out why they call him the Taurus. Yeah, it's good. Well, it started because I wear this hat, but then it makes sense because we go town sense. to town. Yeah. So. A lot of, we accidentally showed some dead horses on the pod today. Come on. No, nah, it's pretty Who brutal. Did? Oh, we, you know, the all encompassing we. Yeah. Bandy boy swag. All so, right. Kappa, Kappa, Kappa. No, Gamma, Delta, Beta. Gamma, Delta, Beta. That's an angle for me. Sigma. What's that? It's belly. Keith says, Nick had a eureka moment this morning. Um, Serena said, always a death pot at some point. It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's true. Where do you watch these docu- these PBS documentaries for free, asked Jill. Um, Jill, it's an embarrassing answer. I literally just Google PBS documentary free. <laughs> That's what I, I just PBS documentary free is what I Google. And there's a whole bunch. PBS.org has a lot of options. And then you can, like, sort them by arts and music, culture, drama. And they say you have to sign in, but I didn't have to sign in, so I'm not entirely sure, like, what happened. Maybe they're not supposed to be free, but I watched them for free. All right. Well, that's the Klondike Gold Rush episode. Klondike Douglas took over for, for Napoli Joe. LaJoy, we don't know why he was named Klondike. Maybe he was just always talking about going. Uh, Dawson City is the town that grew out of the Klondike Gold Rush. Death Cab for Cutie wrote a song called Gold Rush. Gold Rush. What time is the pregame show today? Well, we'll be on the road. The pregame show comes out for the for Yankees, I'm, I'm guessing you're asking, because the Talking Baseball pregame show is at like 12, 15, 12, 30 every, every day, Monday through Friday. The Talking Yanks pregame show, we are on their time. It's whenever they leave release the lineup. And the Yankees have been releasing it early. Like today, after an off day, I'm guessing they're going to release it earlier today. Like if it's a 7 o'clock game, I'd guess they release it at 3.30. Last games of the series, the Yankees have been releasing it like two hours before the game. So I we just kind of sit around and we wait for them to give us the lineup. And then we do the pregame show, and that's kind of how that goes. Um but today's pregame show will be on Instagram. Uh, as I said, Jake and I are doing a half day, which means instead of doing the pregame show from the office, we just do it on Instagram live. So, boom. Judge better be in the lineup. Don't hold your breath, Keith. I, I, I would bet good money that he's not in the lineup. Um, that's just my, just my thoughts. But, yeah. All right. Have a great weekend, guys. Isn't it wild that if, if like, Someone found gold in some hills right now. The everyday average person wouldn't be running and migrating there to go find the gold. Like, I think we would all just shrug and be like, huh, I guess some company's going to get rich off that. Or back then it was the average Joe was like, I'll get rich off of that. I feel like the mindset's completely changed. I'm sure some economical historical people could tell me that's the difference of like capitalism then and capitalism now. But I have no idea. But I was thinking about that. I was like, if this happened now, not everyone would just run. So I don't know. All right. Have a fantastic weekend. I will be back on Monday. I'll see you then. This is uh, Dashboard, or no, Death Cab for Cutie. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. All the old buildings stood.
Gold Rush. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. Gold Rush. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.